This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. How are you doing, Jason Glick? I'm good, John. Yourself? Oh, not bad. What do you have for us this time? Okay, well, I've got um, a series, like a Marvel series, that you know I wasn't prepared to give um, the time of day to when it first first arrived. Um, it's like, but now it's like, but after re- having finally get around to reading it, I think it's probably one of the um, most entertaining things I've read so far this year. I'm talking about Loki, Agent of Asgard, um, written by Al Ewing. Now, to uh, clarify my thoughts on on this, um, I've let me just say that um, for the past couple of years, um, Loki was. Um, it was um, being written, handled by um, Kieran Gylan, um, like in the space of his um, Journey into Mystery and Young Avengers series, and um, Gylan wrote wrote, lo- wrote lots of great stories involving um, Kid Loki, Kid Loki as he was originally called, and well, okay, this, this requires backing up even further because the um, the one good thing for Matt Fraction's Thor run that he did was introduce us to um, Loki, was bringing back Loki um, this time as a child. And you know, it's like that had had the, the effect of um, you know re- of um, causing us to look at the character in a different light. See, he's here's someone who no longer had the baggage of the uh, previous character incarnation of the character, who was basically like the god of evil and the god, like the evil god of lies that um, bedeviled Thor at every turn. This is one where, well, he was still like you know like or trickster god and essentially the god of lies was um like was someone who was also trying to um work to change his. It's like changes standing and um, become a better person for it. And the best thing is he succeeded um, by the end of um, Galen's run on Journey to Mystery. His reward was to be um, was to basically be murdered by the echo of his former self, who, um, who wanted to um, who said he was going to change, and um, by murdering his um, his new self, like he would finally f- find a way to escape. It's like to escape the chains that had been placed on him in his previous incarnation. And if you're reading between the lines, there, it's like it's kind of um, it's like it's a kind of meta take on like new on new characters. I mean, in the sense that you know, hey, it's like like he um, it's like Kid Loki gets this complete story, and um, it's like and um, no other writer can um can futz with it. So, so that's that's a win. That's win as far that's a win as far as Gaian is concerned. Now, the thing is, Gaian um kept running with the character into his run on Young Avengers, where the character formed the um, impetus to, um, like, to the formation of the team, it's like, and also um, had several plans running it's like, in the background, as, he was, as his main goal was to, um, was, was to usurp the powers of Wiccan it's like, before, as he became the Demiurge and um, rewrote the, the laws of magic across, it's like, across the multiverse. Young Avengers was, it's like, like, was a good was a good run, and even though it's like it's as the uh, title of the first first volume implies, it's style over substance. It's like it, the style is so winning that you can't help but be swept, swept up with it. It's like it's very it's funny, it's witty. Sometimes it can cough as a bit bit too clever clever um, for its own good, but it's also but it is thoroughly entertaining. And um, Gillen's wit and um, Jimmy McKelvey's art. It's like really it's like really do. Good job for selling the story. Like that basically involves like an evil, um, evil interdimensional parasite posing as one of the characters' mother to um, basically show like, hey, it's a kids, it's kids, it's a teenagers versus adults. It's like um, for all for all the marbles. Now it's worth noting that in the pages of Young Avengers, um, Kid Loki got aged up to Teen Loki, which to um, you know if you look at this and think, hey, you know he, I can't help but recall that you know like uh, that the um, Loki and the it's like in 
that Loki in the uh, like Thor and Avengers films is kind of a um, like um, young young handsome chap as well. Well, it's like yeah, it's like I'm sure that there was some that was part of the reason for doing this as well. But hey, you know, it's like Tom Hiddleston is completely awesome as Loki. It's like and so like I can't really blame them for not for not, for I'm um, trying to um, get in on some of that act action as well. Still, it's like. Um, when um, Gillen um, left um, left the Young Avengers, he basically um, he basically um, um, he basically run with this new incarnation of Loki and basically set up his set up his status quo, and also you know like basically established him so that you know you could you know, it'd be really difficult for another writer to come come around and undo what he did on it's like on Journey into Mystery. It also um, it also closes out on a very uh, on a very um, winning and dramatic moment, when in order to in order to defeat the forces aligned against them, Loki has to do something he is deathly unaccustomed to, and that is tell the truth. And um, when he that finally happens, it's like it's like, hey, it's like it, it's like it's a really incredibly cathartic moment, and um, one of the high point high points of the series. And it's like, and even then, like you know, even though it's like you know, comic book characters like are. It's like you're just are designed not to change to basically remain the same. It's like there is also the it's a good it's a good example of the illusion of change that um can be that um that the best of writers can can impose on their characters. That being said, um when I heard that there was going to be um, a new series um featuring Loki, um I was not really prepared to give it the time of day. I mean, I mean Guyland had had defined the character so. It's like so clearly in his hands, and they're giving it to um, another guy, um, Al Ewing, who I had not really read anything from, and not really heard um, a whole lot of good stuff about. Well, maybe I think I heard that his Jennifer Blood stuff after Garth Ennis left was supposed to be decent, but you know he, he hadn't really written anything that basically made me go, "Okay, this is this is a writer I need to be paying attention to." So I was perfect. I was um prepared to just ignore, like ignore this series and just you know. Like just leave my have my complete um, Loki like Loki story with um, it's like um, with Gillen, but then you know word of mouth slowly reached me to hear that to say that hey you know Loki agent of Asgard actually kind of clever. In fact, um, once I got around to reading um, original the original Sin tie-in, um, which basically had um, Thor and Loki going, um, finding out that you know there aren't really nine realms. There's a tenth realm, heaven, where that's not our heaven, but it's by um, and had by a bunch of warrior angels who are extremely material and um, really pissed off at Asgard. So and also um, Angela is um, Thor and Loki's sister. Yeah. So it that that kind of read um, as a story that um, tried that that um, wanted me to um, they think get me more to think that Angela is so awesome that it was worth having um, Neil Gaiman give her to the Marvel universe didn't work so much but it did in, um um but it did um make me um interested in seeing what Ewing was do was doing with the series because it basically because it also set up the fact that um that a an that an evil Loki from the future had come back in order to um set up establish his it's like step basically um say that hey this is your future it's like you can't you're not going you want to change but you're not going to be able to and so with that, that as a setup, I eventually wound up picking up the first volume of Agent of Asgard, it's like at WonderCon earlier this year. And lo and behold, it's like, um, I was expecting to find a series, 
something as witty and entertaining as Guylan's Run. But my God, um, Ewing pulled it off for this first volume. From the um, opening um, introductory story from whatever um, point one um, setup that Marvel had given the character that basically has Loki um, stealing keys in order to do um, for various um, people from the Marvel characters from the Marvel universe to unlock the like his legendary sword, Graham. It's like it's to um, stabbing Thor in the back with the sword on the very first page of the issue of his first issue. And um, then, you know, d- double dealing with the likes of, of um, Sig- um, Asgardian warrior Sigurd, um, Mephisto, it's like, and the, um, and the Avengers. It's like, it was, I was surprised at how entertained I was by this. Especially, and then it hits you at the very end when, um, it's like when, when Loki, um, un- it's like, when Loki comes face to face with um, his, his future self and finds out, hey, Asgard, that um, Asgard is entering it will enter its next golden age. It's like, um, even though it's like he's reverted to being a bad guy again. And, um, but unfortunately it's like, this is like, this is his future and he can't change. So like, and so his, and, and so, and so his, um, it's actually an overlords, the, uh, the, um, all mothers. It's like, they're basically saying, yeah, sorry, Loki, you're kind of screwed, but you know, we've, you've got to, um, we've got to keep things the way they are because you know, Hey, Golden Age Trasgard. We win at the expense of you. Too bad. But, you know, it's like, this is, um, you know, Loki, God of Lies, God of Evil we're dealing with here. And so, what is he, what is his long, his long game here? Now, it's like that, now, like, that's basically um, um, Ewing's um, through line for these, for the three volumes of the main series, plus the original Sin tie-in. And it's like, and he tells, he tells a he tells a pretty entertaining story along it's like the way. Basically, basically illustrating um, a character who um, desperately wants a change, but is hemmed in like, by, like, by, his, by his future, by his future and his, and his past, until um, it, he finds finds a way that you know, hey, maybe things don't have to be the same. Maybe I don't have to remain the same. Maybe it's like I can, it's like maybe I can change again. It's like at the cost, it's like at the cost of everything, or and also, you know, like even yes, even though if, if I am doomed to be the god of lies, what are lies really? What's a lie when it's at home? It's a story. It's like so that's so like the um, the reinvention that um that Loki engineers in the final volume, um, appropriately titled Last Days, as it ties into the whole um the like incursion business and the secret secret wars setup that um that's going on right now in Marvel Marvel Universe, it. It's like Ewing tells basically tells a really interesting story of someone who was it's like who, who um thought he was destined to remain like as destined to remain as he was, um but um but was also was ultimately clever enough to find find a way around that because he's he's, a, he's an ultimate Norse trickster god, he's incredibly clever. It's like and even it's like and he also and even then he also has some friends who are willing to help help him out along along the way. Chief among those being um Verity Willis. Who is a um, great foil to the uh, it's like to the character because she is someone who can see through any lie, and it's and um, she meets Loki um, while doing a, a speed dating thing, and it's and the, her opening and her opening moments when she just dismisses all these guys um, by seeing through all their their come ons and their their lies only just can become faces with this guy who is apparently um, you know just engaging in some kind of Norse cosplay. Well, this guy might be. In- 
interesting. You know, if he is a complete scoundrel. But you know, the really the uh, the give and take between them, it's like is it's like it's at it's a uh, it, it's a uh, it's like you know opposites attract type thing. He's the li- he's he's the god of lies. She's someone who can see through any lie, and they help they help complement each other. It's like over the over the course of the series, they have some fun adventures. Like when uh, like look when Loki gets sucked out, um, dragged out to um, Latveria, um, like by by um, by way of doom, and seeing Verity has to has to find a way to get him out of the uh, stasis that. Um, the Red Skull has put him in. And, um, yeah, it's like, I will admit that, you know, over the course of these four volumes, it's like, I, I get the feeling that maybe, um, like, Ewing didn't, maybe had plans for a longer game. I mean, it's like, it does read, um, like, like a um, pretty abbreviated, um, run after all. I mean, it is 17 ish, well, let's see, uh, 22 issues total between these, uh, three volumes and the uh, original Sin tie in. It's like, and um, so I mean, the original plan was to, I mean, the set for the series was to have um, you know, Loki keep doing odd jobs for the All Mother, and for each thing he do, it's like, you know, another crime would be erased from his, it's like erased from his past. But you know, it's like we only get to see that done, it's like, like once in the, like, like twice in the first first volume, again in the original Sin tie-in, and then things kind of go, that kind of like sub just goes pushed to the um, put like pushed to the back for. Uh, like for the sub- subsequent volumes, and um, the it's like and the uh, big um, Ragnarok um, setup that that Ewing um, brews up for the final for the final volume doesn't quite hit the epic heights that um, Mike o- Mike Amy- Mike a- Oming's run um, did back back in the day for Avengers Disassembled. So, so yeah, not every not everything quite hits, but a lot of this stuff works far far better than I was. Ex- than I was expecting. It's like, and you know, it's like, I guess if you're like me and, um, it's like, and you were just prepared to write off like, you know, Loki as a character after he left, um, got, um, Guylan's, um, handling got Guylan's care. I could say, no, it's like, in fact, it's actually, um, pretty impressive how, um, how Ewing manages to, uh, take, manages to pick up from, from Guylan's run and also find something new to do with the character with um, all the stuff that that this other writer has done to it, it's like it's the kind of thing that I kind of like to see more from sort of Marvel Marvel writers. Since you are working in a big shared universe, and while I know that a lot of writers like you know would like prefer to make their own stamp, you know, just saying, hey, we've got a clean, we want a clean slate to work with every time. Um, like you know, this kind of attention to detail, say like continuity, without being you know like um, over the anal about it, it's like it. It's like it's kind of, it's it's sort of, it's um it's something I like to see, but then again, like I have been reading like, following the characters since um, Guylan's journey into mystery mystery days, and like if you haven't like I'm not sure if this would be um as resonant if you hadn't if you didn't have all that backstory with the character to play off of here, but but like but if you do, it's like it's a thoroughly enter- entertaining run, and I recommend I recommend it. Not sure. It's available in four volumes, and if, there any, if there's any justice, we will get some some sort of omnibus treatment for it. It's like for it, um, maybe maybe sometime next year. That that comes recommended, but you can get all four volumes right right now from Amazon or other good good comic dealing places. John, um, any thoughts on your end about all this stuff? 
So like Barnes and Noble being one of those karmic d- d- book dealing places, um, or your local comic shop if if you still go to one of those. Yes, they do exist. They're not like extinct or anything, but most people that listen to this podcast probably already know that. Yeah, and I'm a horrible person because I haven't gone to one of those in years. Yeah, that's okay. You're you're um, you're getting it for the story. And, uh, you know, because there's that, that whole, you know, hey, don't I'm gonna lie to me, John. Can collect the I can take it. <laughs> I won't. Not absolutely. Um, so, um, yeah, outside of that, um, more surprisingly good than you expected is kind of what I'm getting from you here. Hmm? Exactly. It's like, I mean, like I said, I didn't think I needed to read another, another Loki story after um, Young Avengers and like after he left Gallant's care, but Ewing proved me wrong. All right. Well, hey, there's a good time. You can be proven wrong. All right. So, um, you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Yeah. Next time, it's like I got four volumes of um, Star Wars comics from Marvel to talk about and um, discuss. You know, hey, it's like are, are like are they doing right by the franchise, or should this have should this all all these should the license have remained with Dark Horse? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's becoming uh, Star Wars mania. Already, so um, all the yeah, hype, that's right. The hype machine is on full power, um, or ninety-eight percent power. You know. Anyway, so uh, I guess we'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. Yep. <laughs>